Good evening and welcome to the Rissington Podcast. Hello, welcome to episode 9 of the Rissington Podcast. My name is John Hicks, this is my colleague John Oxton. Hello. And behind us we have colleagues Simon Clayson. Hello! Oh, goodness. <laughs> Fucking more editing for us. <laughs> and John Dennis. Hello. Thank Hi. you, John Dennis. Yay! <laughs> Prima Donna. They are, they, are busy, they are busy working, so, you know, <laughs> so you have to cut some slack. So, no shout-outs this week, I think. Uh, oh, well, have you got something? We have. We've got to make a shout-out to uh, Made by Elephant. For the awesome, mm. awesome marketing materials. Yes. Well, uh, marketing Tim materials. Van gifts, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Super. Yes. So we have to say, uh, visit madebyelephant.com. Yes, we'll put a linky pool for all your red and black elephant logo needs. And Lee's velvet uh, felt things. Yeah. Awesome. So yes. a shout out for Hicks Made too. By me. Yes. So thank you to Tim Van Damme. Yeah. We like you very much. I asked for some questions on Twitter just as we started recording. Always and, a bad idea. Uh, yes. We've been overwhelmed, so I'm going to pick two. Okay. And then and if, if you don't pick the two I like, I'll pick any more. Okay. Well, we'll start with two, shall we? Yields. Uh, this one's from Ed89. No question, but can we have more farmer accents? They crack me up every time. Now, that's a question. Yeah. <laughs> you silly boy you idiot more farmer accidents oh you don't know what he's talking about he said like more farm accidents uh, more no. farm accidents yeah more farm accidents here I'm sure <laughs> yeah. them take this pitchfork and run down that hill <laughs> yes uh, okay well well if, if you if you so desire yes. we might do a few more we may okay um, do you want to do the one from Drew Mc- Drew, Drew McClellan Drew uh, pronounceable <laughs> surname yes um, first of all gingham or velour Velour, of course. I think it has to be velour. I looked on Wikipedia and I'd like to say spandex. (laughs) (laughs) But only in the privacy of my own bedroom. Which is more important, a full set of kitchen equipment or a spiffy haircut? I'd say a full set of kitchen equipment. And a spiffy haircut. Mm. Which, yeah, full set of kitchen equipment, of course. Yeah, I think because you can can make your own haircut, can't you? Yeah, or not bother, as I do. And you can make it spiffy. Yes. If you use... um, some various um, kitchen equipment that you've just bought. Well, you buy some nice knives, cut your hair with your new knives. Yeah. Chris Gibbons, I've got to just pull this up. Chris Gibbons quite clearly does not listen to our podcast. <laughs> Otherwise, why would he be asking us whether we have red or brown sauce on our breakfast b- baps? <laughs> not going to answer that one. Um, what's next? Now, Drew did have an interesting one, which I wanted to ask, which okay. was... Uh, how do you know at which point to give up and give the client exactly what they're asking for? <laughs> right at the beginning, though. Yes. <laughs> when you send out that questionnaire. <laughs> Are you a shit client? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do I just need to do it as I'm told? Mm. Would you like me to think or would you like me to be a robot? <laughs> yes. Um, I think it usually comes to a point, for me, about three quarters of the way through a job, mm. where they're asking you to do stuff that doesn't make sense. It's actually going to be bad to do and you have to say, I don't want to do it. These are the reasons, but yep. you are the client. If you want them done, then you'd have to say. And so be it. So I think that's the point. And as long as you've said your, your concerns, you yep. don't have that problem later when they turn around and say, it's all gone wrong. And I usually try and make those exchanges in email so that I have a record. Because mm-hmm. if they're that kind of client, you want to be able to go back and say, yeah. uh, excuse me. 
Excuse me, you told me to turn that heading into Comic Sans. <laughs> yes. You no, wanted the flashing background with animated no gifs. no good asking for Apple typewriter or whatever it is now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you, it, it, it's a struggle, isn't it? You try most of the job, you keep on trying and trying to, you know, to do the job that you're supposed to be hired to do. Yeah. And then... Yeah. Nah, I'm, <laughs> nah, fuck it. Give me the money and I'll do what you like. I'm, I'm a prostitute. Excellent. Um, Steve Marshall, uh, what is it with you two casting your fucking pods all the time? Can't you just keep them to yourselves? I'm going to hit him the next time I see he him. He thinks he's so he clever. He thinks he's so he? smart, doesn't he? Well, who's he work for? Huh? Microsoft. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, not yet, but he will be. I'm talking about it being a matter of time. Yeah. <laughs> Whether he wants it or not. Jealousy is an ugly thing, Steve Marshall. Um, okay. should, we, should we plunder the Gmail for questions? I, th- I think, and if we haven't answered and you wanted an answer, send us, a, send us an email. <laughs> Go on then. So Sam Brown says, How do you feel living out in the countryside affects your creativity? Do you feel more or less inspired by what you see outdoors compared to that of a city-bound employee? Notably, you have both used leaves as logos in the past. <laughs> Good point. I haven't used a leaf as a logo. I had the autumn thing. You, Did, the one I designed you. When? What on JohnOxton.co.uk? Yes. That's not a leaf. What is it then? It's a blob. <laughs> it's not a fucking leaf. And when I first met you, you had the bamboo picture on your website. Yeah, but that was just me being shit and going to iStock. And I did the autumn leaf thing. Remember? Yes. Yeah. But, well, maybe that was... And you had flowers by the truckload. Yeah, but they're not leaves, are they? They're flowers. Flowers have leaves. I got flowers by the truckload because Dennis fucking missed the brief. (laughs) Being the extravagant lovey that he is, I asked for a bunch. He gave me a bouquet. (laughs) Give you a whole garden. Anyway, yeah. All fucking garden and the caterpillars. It's a good point. And I I think it affects your creativity, not good or bad. But... Yeah, I definitely feel more inspired by countryside. But then when I go into the city... I feel quite energised. Yeah, you yeah. get a different um, kind of inspiration. Mm. And the thing is, in the city, you get more stuff that's designed. Don't I, you? I don't... I w- always wanted to think that city designers were perhaps more architectural in their approach than organic, but that's probably bullshit. Well, I think that's probably quite a good point, actually. But, but maybe... We like more things rounded and blobby and... Messy and... Yeah. Scruffy and... Scruffy and muddy. old. And city people... They like designers like it new and shiny and clean, and clean, yes. and pointy. Um, thank you, Sam Brown. Thank you. Isn't wasn't isn't Sam Brown a singer? Didn't he play banjo? Blonde <laughs> spiky hair. That's Sam Brown, isn't it? Yes. And now we've got Jason Donovan. Or it's his daughter. <laughs> I can't remember which one it is. It's, oh, James Donovan, not Jason Donovan. Do you want me to read it? If you would. It's the weirdest fucking question ever. But, <laughs> Dear John and John, I'm a regular listener to the Risington podcast and is loving the show. I have two things I would like to say. Mr. Hicks, in Google Earth Maps, etc., when searching for satellite images, put in this search, you might get a Firefoxy surprise. Yes. Is that the crop circle Firefox? Yeah. Well, we'll put the link to it. <laughs> and then the second part of that question is, what is your favourite non-web-orientated pastime app as I get bored very regularly and have nothing to do? Hmm. Well, Jason, I would... James, not Jason... But he says app, doesn't he? I know. Non-web orientated. I was thinking. Do you think he means a flashlight? Pastime. <laughs> you don't know what that app. is, do you? A flashlight. What? We won't be putting a link to that. Is that some sort of sex toy? Yes. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's always a good bet. If you don't know what it is, it's, it's a probably sex a sex toy. <laughs> um, yes. Well, I'm going to ignore the word app because I'm sure that was a 
a mistake. Yes. So it's non-web orientated pastime. Yeah, I think it's a bit. Sh- it's a shame he's bored. But yeah, it is a shame. I'm a bit. I used to go bird watching, mm. but I don't anymore. Not since the children. Yeah. And I used to do a lot of gardening, but not so much now. Mm. Since well, I see. Where I'm just starting to get into gardening because. I figure I've got to spend some time with the children, so I might as well be throwing mud at them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or making them dig. <laughs> yeah, dig. Come on. No, not those. <laughs> um, just generally being out in the countryside. Going yes, for walks. Yes, yeah, go for walks. My dog bought some new bikes recently. Go out cycling. Yeah. It's great because we live on the top of a hill, so all the fun starts straight away. And making Lego things with Daniel, my son. I'm not into that. Josh likes to do that on his own, mm. fortunately. But. but yeah, there's a few things there. Someone asked me that South by Southwest, what's your favourite thing to do that doesn't involve a computer? Mm. So I had to sort of invent hobbies and things I used to do yeah, <laughs> before I was here. It's like when you are on your CV, isn't it? Like drinking latte, cycling, stamp yeah. collecting. Reading and swimming. Yeah. <laughs> I do fuck all. I'm yeah. fat and I'm lazy. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, that's a good question. So excellent, perfectly timed. Oh, hell, you can pronounce this. Yes, <laughs> Ludwig. Ludwig shoot says, "Here's a question for you." Oh, but I do like his excellent show. Blah blah blah. Yada yada yada. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have to stop reading those bits out. Yeah. We... Here's a question for you: Who or indeed what is your favourite British comedian or comedy show? And would you share with us your favourite joke or funny bit from that comedian slash comedy show? Very hard question, because immediately Bill Bailey came to mind. Bill Bailey, Eddie Izzard. But then Eddie Izzard. Yeah. Yeah. So It's one of those two, I would say. There's got to be Eddie Izzard, but there's so many to choose from. What oh, would be your favourite? Well, we've got to, I think we've got a link to the Eddie Izzard Lego Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, it's in the canteen. Yeah. Are you Jeff Vader? <laughs> oh, I'll kill you with a tray. <laughs> this one's wet, this one's wet, this yeah. one's wet. <laughs> I think that's it. I think we've decided. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's there's that Death Star one. Yeah. And and the other one I like, with the, the one the one for me that really set me off like in his ears was the Star Trek one with the setting that makes, the, the ray gun setting that makes people think they left their oven on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Attack! Oh, oh shit! <laughs> yeah, that one in the... Um, What's that star? That's the Death Star. <laughs> it does. What does yeah. it do? It does death. Or <laughs> yeah. well, the other one is the English Church. Uh, death or cake? <laughs> I'll have cake, please. Yeah, yes. <laughs> or have you got a flag? <laughs> so yes, that's probably probably just plunder the Eddie Izzard. Yeah, Eddie Izzard is really. the man, really. But Bill Bailey is um, also brilliant. Yeah, he just asked for British comedians, so I feel yep. I feel safe adding that. Um, okay. Uh, now we've got a dart player. Alan <laughs> Bristow <laughs> Alan Bristow yeah brother of Eric <laughs> hello John and John I would be intrigued to know if you use version control system as part of your workflow something like Subversion yes is the answer <laughs> yes, I do and that. I have done for a long time now neither of us use a GUI uh, no so I've only just got into this recently you've been using SVN for a while now I've been for about three or four years yeah it's got four years <laughs> fuck off it's got to be about three years actually because it's 2008 now isn't it Plus, add a year for lying because that's what you do. <laughs> that's what you do on the web. I've been designing yes. websites for ten years. Granted, the first two years it was in Word at the weekends, but hey, <laughs> the first five years are retrospectively. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been using Subversion since I was ten. <laughs> but there's a few good things like I know still on the Mac. There's the nice bundle for TextMate. Yep. Using Subversion. Yep. Which I started using. Uh-huh. But then when you showed me the command line 
instructions. Yeah, let's get. I'll make sure we get a link out for that cheat sheet we've got yeah. pinned up because that's excellent. That's good. I think you know, apart from the whole kind of merging and conflicts and well, I've always found that there's usually somebody more technical available to help you with the merging. Hmm. And I don't know, the CSS conflicts can be a bit annoying sometimes. Excuse me, because they're just yeah. But um, but yes is the answer. I, I, I and especially because I like using Coda, as I may may have mentioned that before. I don't yes, know, may have slipped out. <laughs> Um, and I can just open a tab and have a terminal. Yeah. See, I can't get into code. That's, that's another conversation for another day. Well, another conversation we've already had. Well, yeah. And <laughs> Johan Edlund, who is Web Standards Awards man, mm-hmm. did ask on Twitter about Coda. But I think we should do a Coda special. Or you can do a blog post about it and we'll link to it. <laughs> why, I, I didn't love, love it. <laughs> why I love Coda. I still love Coda. Okay. So there we go. Oliver Kerr asks, JPEGs in Word documents. Oh, yes. Mm. The one that really bugs me at the moment is when clients import a JPEG into a Word document and send it to me to use. I know they're only trying to help, but send me the bleeding JPEG, please. Yeah. Yes. Have you experienced it? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. And it's the, I've, it's tiny, but I've resized it in words. So yes. It's huge. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all part of the, I mean, it sounds very patronizing, but training clients. Mm. You know, I mean, there are things that they know about that you won't, but likewise... Yeah. You've got to train them why sending JPEGs. The, I, generally, the problem I have is that they've gone out of the habit of sending them in, in a Word document, yeah. but they still send the, the lowest res JPEG they can find. Yeah. You know. It's true. I've started, yeah, well, you get that from a print designers as well. So that's mm. the web. You don't need that. We're moving on. Yes. Matthew Pennell. Uh, question for Strogstrom What's that big red ball you can sometimes be seen sitting on in Risington photos? That is my testicle. More generally, have either of you experienced problems with back, shoulder pain, wrist pain due to any kind of work, and how do you deal with it? Massage, yoga, Alexander technique. Yes, and that's why I sit on my testicle. Technique, no. Wrist pain, generally give it a bit of a shake. Maybe whilst you're holding something, I don't know. <laughs> something cylindrical. <laughs> <laughs> something tumescent. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, there's a whole thing that, about sit-stand working about mm. you, you should be changing your sitting your position so rather than always sitting down having a desk that will let you work at standing mm. position because yeah. we weren't made to be sitting down all day but they're quite expensive these desks Yeah, I think you get the ones with handles that do it and they're about 700 quid or something <sighs> and then the ones that are electric with the pneumatic things that go yeah. when you press a button <laughs> It's a big horn. <laughs> big horn attached to the side. Yeah, handy when it's foggy. Yeah. Watch out, desk coming through. <laughs> yeah, designer. <laughs> um, but I would just say, on the cheap note, go back, get a gym, get a gym ball if you suffer from yeah. that. Yeah. And buy an oversized one. Don't buy a little one. Buy and, a big one. And don't sit down for too long. Get up and Well, this stretch. is what the gym ball does. I'm always bouncing around. I know, but you know, for people who don't want to sit on the gym ball. Well, what, because they they're scared they look like a prick? No, because it takes a lot of room up. Well, it doesn't take that much room. But it's not for for us. But you know, there might be multifarious reasons. Okay. They might have a latex allergy. Well, I'm just saying it's one. Well, if they've got a latex allergy, then then what? <laughs> no dildos for you, boy. Come so, on. Yeah. Too much porn in this. That's episode. another one I get as well. Um, so yeah, I think just get up and stretch. Don't be a lazy. Regularly, but yes, basically, you will have problems. The older you get, especially. Yes. Matt Richards is asking. 
Not a particularly deep or inspiring one, I'm afraid. Oh, well, we'll just go to the next question then. Yeah, fucking. <laughs> and he doesn't have a name. Oh, yeah, Richards. Isn't there a. Keith Richards, there we go. Every question's got to have a celebrity <laughs> associate from <laughs> right. now on. The talented Mr. Adamson and I were debating the use of indentation. That's in Kev Adamson, yeah? Yes, I think so. Personally, coming from a development background, I prefer nested indented code, whereas Kev prefers to indent once after starting the body tag. So that's quite a simple thing. Um, do we have a position on this? Does it matter? Is that a personal thing? Do you even care? Um, soft tabs is one thing I care about mm-hmm. because developers like that when they, open, when they open it up in Linux. You could puncture your paragraph tags if there was hard tabs. Ah, you could. You could do deflate your ego if you ran into a hard tab. Yes, I indent as much as possible, just because it makes it easy to read. Yeah, and I usually let my code editor take care of it as often as possible. Yeah. But it's always annoying if you go back and add another div or something. I don't know if it's worth saying this now, but um, I've been working with Hamill recently. Ah, Mark Hamill. It's going to be a long one. <laughs> it's going to be hard work it today. It's the, the Ruby um, markup language for... It's a special... I'll point to the website and you can explain it. There's some special word for it that developers mm. use, but it relies very heavily on indentation. And what, that's so how it to communicate with it. If you want to nest items, like putting a div inside the div, mm. you have to make sure it's it's indented by two spaces very strictly, or else it all falls over. Ooh. So, mm. well, it sounds mm. bad, but I think Watch I, get I, used I quite to like it. it. Yeah, nice and disciplined. Hamble and SAS is worth looking at, especially the other day you mentioned about. Um, arithmetic in CSS files. Yes. SAS can do that. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Wilcox, who I believe comes from Corova. The, we know Corova. Oh, also, yes. also in Wales. It's a Welsh edition. Is it Conway again, yeah. And uh, now Matthew Wilcox, Toy Wilcox. So we're good. Who can answer his question? Keith Richards, Toy Wilcox, good. We're good. doing well so Eric far. Eric Bristow. <laughs> so, what do we say? Blah, blah, blah. I have a question for instruction which plays to experience as both developer and chef. I'm the front-end specialist at work, and I've gained something of a reputation of having rage. This due to my exposure to ISIX bugs and resulting abuse hurled at disappointing divs, random crashes and layouts, snuffs that threaten to force me to rewrite my carefully honed XML. Fucking hell, he goes on a bit, doesn't he? <laughs> Purely because ISIX is a complete dog. This leads me to wonder if there, is, if there were to be a great British cut-off would the Battle Royale be between a web developer and a chef? Who would fire off more cusses? Who would be the more inventive? In short, which job turns the air? Oh, right. I uh, thought it was going to be a question about IE6 bugs. and. Oh, it's, it's long work, wasn't it? Who it swears was. most, web developers or chefs? Well, you would know. Chefs. <laughs> no, no doubt about it. Okay, but who would be most inventive? Chefs. When it comes to swearing. Really? Much more creative. Oh, uh-huh, right. I, I just, no. The gentle world of interwebs doesn't need to know. They really don't. <laughs> Cocksucking monkey fuck. We drop you drop the F bomb now and again. <laughs> Might have to edit that last bit out. Or not. Now we've got a guy called Philip. That's all Do we we've have got. any clues of No he's uh... No. Uh, there seems to have been a trend of casserole related twitterings this week. Now yeah, there's a reason for this. And we'll post a link to the uh, the YouTube video where you can discover the wonderful fast food that is casserole. That used to be big in the, in Britain in the 70s. Yeah, we have the documentary. Yeah. But it's, alas, no longer. It's a huge thing. Mm. But where does a casserole end and a dish suddenly become a stew? Ah, well, I think uh, casserole is named after the pot it's made in. And a stew quite clearly has tomato ketchup in it. <laughs> and a big fucking chunk of bread. 
<laughs> you heard it here first. Yes. Lobscouse. I have to ask Phil Sherry, actually. I think um, Lobscouse has ketchup. I don't know. What, what has ketchup? Lobscouse. You know Lob- what Lobscouse is? No. You're so middle class. <laughs> What's Lobscouse? Lobscouse is stew. Hey, um, why do you call it the stew, then? Well, because it's Lobscouse. Well, <laughs> when does Lobscouse end and stew begin? Uh, well, I don't know, but I do know that apparently, traditionally, Lobscouse is not Lobscouse unless you've burnt the bottom of the pan. Oh, right. Which means my missus can make it really easy. <laughs> right. Adam Chamber- Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. Neville Chamberlain. We're good. As a tinker on the interwebs, I like to... Wait. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I like to study new designs and the pixie magic you call it CSS that goes into them. So when John, that's John Hicks, quite clearly, released a new fiddle to his site, I was quick to have a look at the pixie, in, at the pixie cave. This guy's living in a mythical world of magic, isn't I he? I know. And see what they have done. I noticed that they were carrying a lot of non-system standard fonts in their bag of tricks. To which my question for the panel is, how many, do you, how many fonts do you think these little blighters could carry before they end up dragging your site down in mass chaos? It appears to be a very logical approach to font replacement, but how specific could you end up going to try and cover all the bases to satisfy a larger audience? Keep up the good work, Tally here. Adam. <sighs> P.S. One last question. Cheese strings, should they really be classified as cheese? No. No, right, back to the... <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, in no sense. Well, if he went to the pixie cave to look at the CSS, he must have gone through the enchanted forest of HTML first. Oh, God. Kittens are going to die. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill them. Yes. Um, I didn't see any problem in specifying lots of fonts. I don't think it's going to cause anything to fall over. Just important that you uh, remove one systematically and check that it still works with the yeah. font. Yeah. I think if even if only one person gets to see it in that font... That could be your next client. Yeah, it, you know, it can make the difference to one person. Yeah. And you got now you've got things like Vista, which has got some nice fonts in it, like Calibri. The important thing with, with choosing fonts is not worrying about how many people have got it, because that's what the, mm. the the cascade's for. You've got your Arial, Sans Serif, you know, you, you can go down to the lowest common denominator if you need to, and you probably will. Yeah. But it's about choosing fonts that work well together yeah. and not leaping from something like um, Helvetica to Vedana. Mm. So Vedana is a much different. It's sans serif, but it's a much wider font and ugly. I would, I would, I would almost put Vedana above things like, you know, Comic Sans, the mm. favourite whipping boy. It, who else? Well, goes, actually, just raise this. Who else likes Vedana? Anybody else? I don't mind it. At a smaller size, it's when it goes big and above about thirteen pixels. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my objection to it. But as, as a as a kind of standard body copy font, it's all right. Is there a Dennis adjudication on this one? I, I'd say it's all right as well. <laughs> You're wrong, Hicks. You're wrong. <laughs> the middle way. <laughs> a bit of a donna. Yeah, I think it, if, if I think especially for really small text, it, if you have to do things like nine or ten pixels, it works really well. But why would you want to do that? Yeah. So it would just be silly. But it's, but it is quite readable. Though, right? Too, too small or too big is just wrong. Yeah, that's what it means. Too small or too big means. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Comic Sans. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> but I think it's because of the BBC News site redesigned this week, and they yeah. use big, fat, bold Vedana headings that well, just look. Um, I know that people are generally against it, but I'm actually quite like it. <sighs> just appeals to me in a sort of. Maybe I just like the BBC in a way that other people don't. <laughs> in, in a slightly unnatural way. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I just appreciate the effort. There's obviously a lot of effort gone into this. 
Anyway. So. There was something interesting that Mark Alton um, packed up on oh, yeah. the BBC Wales site, which is done in Ariel. Oh, yeah. Why is that? And why didn't they specify Helvetica before the Arial? Because because Arial is a screen font and Helvetica is a print font. Yeah, but we've got Helvetica as standard on Macs. But maybe they thought Arial was the right font. It wouldn't have hurt them just to put Helvetica in before the Arial, just to get that nicer font. Just because you spent lots of money on the DVD. You (laughs) think everybody's got to use it now. You see, is that's what I go back to that guy's question. You see, it's that little bit of care that if they would put Helvetica in, I mean, it's not just Max. Windows uses a lot of Helvetica too. Not mm. everyone, but the designers on <laughs> Windows will have. Who are, who are all, waiting all for their Mac them. orders to come through. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent. So Rob Mason says, hey guys, are you well? Yes, fine, thank you. Yep, we're doing all right. What do you thank want? You. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> How do you get the background image on the podcast site to flex depending on the screen size? It's really well done, but my simple monkey brain can't understand it. Netscape layers, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> Netscape layers. <laughs> oh, the big flashbacks now. <laughs> Dreamweaver 2. <laughs> Do you want to use Netscape layers <laughs> or Internet Explorer divs? Um, yeah, it's just there's lots of images. There's there's a big gradient in the background, and then you've got another div or something with the 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 rays and the clouds. It's just lots of layers and um, and shit. That was Marilyn Manson. That wasn't a very good one, was it? Just because the next one is Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, <laughs> gentlemen. Matt Carey. Matt Carey, sorry. You're not running with my theme, are you? No, I'm not running with it, because they need to know that their name is... But I wanted them to work it out for themselves. Okay. But, okay. It has always intrigued me that you say on your website, if you can take on work and when, we are not currently taking on new projects. Sorry, this is not something I've ever done with clients. Do you find it puts people off? Yes, Yes. that's the idea. (laughs) How many projects do you have on when you say no more? I sometimes just put it to try and get people to beg me to work for them. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it does put people off, but that's the point, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, not, not that I you always, want to put people off, necessarily, but... I the next, uh, probably following your lead, next time I'll be available. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, basically, what does he say? How many projects do you have on when you have to say no more? Depends. Too many. Yeah. <laughs> Too many, <laughs> and looking around for some help. Yes. And then stop. <laughs> Scrabbling around, yeah. you know, bugger how It's that old thing, you put a load of, you look, you'll put a load of proposals in or whatever, and... Uh, mm. Sometimes not all of them come back. Sometimes all of them come back. It's like um, airplanes. They always overbook airplane yes. seats in the hope that some people cancel. And I think it's a lot like that. And sometimes it goes not wrong. everyone cancels. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I have a problem where I've, I've just got clients that just go missing. Mm-hmm. They'll be all enthusiastic and um, they'll suddenly, suddenly get complete communication blank. Yeah. Which is very odd. I'm very uh, fucking rude, quite frankly. Well, yeah, I kind of wonder what, if it's just me or other no, it's people, not. Other it, people get it this. It is but rude. I usually push for communications at that point, yeah. just on principle. And some of them, are, you know, I'd love to name names because some of them are quite well known. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, mm, I could probably name a couple of people well, who've done why, that to me. Why, why do they do that? Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, but I've, like, well, like, you're different now because you're fully employed. I'm not different. I'm just like you. <laughs> I just get a regular wage. You're different and that's bad. I'm fully employed at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Today. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I just know that I've got people who booked me for a certain amount of time in the next few months, so I know that 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 time is now full. So it's a fairly sort of simple equation, really. First but, come, first serve, and I can't take on any more yeah, work. Yeah, I mean, I've thought about em- having employees and and getting work done that way. But as you said to me, they're all shit, and how can I hire them? <laughs> 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 oh no, that was not what you said. <laughs> <laughs> you bugger! <laughs> there is a point to that, though, isn't there? Yeah, there I, is. I just I don't. I, it's a bit scary mm. hiring people and, and worrying about whether you've got enough work and money to, to pay mm. them. Um, There's also the point of when you do stuff like you do, like icon development and artwork for people. Mm. Hiring people that are going to do stuff in your style must be quite difficult. Yeah, that is. That, well, yeah, so. it's not because of how good they are. It's mm. you know, but but sometimes that can be the case. Yeah. Just get it. I've, I've used some contractors before and I've had some good results. Mm-hmm. Dennis Rudenkovic, you can always feel confident passing people on to him for things like logo designs. He's a bit mad, but he's a bit of a genius. He's a bit mad, he's a bit scatty, <laughs> he's a bit <laughs> Serbian, but he he's just good work. But he is brilliant. <laughs> um, but then there's, and then like, just some people, mm. some people, people. Um, who I've given work to and he just ended up having to redo it or, you know, mm. patch it yourself. It's, yeah, I'm sorry. I tried my best. Yeah, I know it was crap. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I've I've not gone that route. So mm. I'm going. I'm staying the route of being flexible in the sense of of not having to worry about employees, but inflexible in the sense mm. that I'm not taking on lots of jobs. So this is a shame because sometimes, like one time, I um, I took on a very sort of very dull um, job, only to be followed late later that afternoon by a really exciting job that I could have taken, yeah. but I'd already promised. So. Basically, I'll try and summarise this quickly because it's from Paul Boag. And he's just gone a bit. He just wants our traffic, that boy, doesn't he? <laughs> Both of you have families, so I imagine you try to limit the number of hours you spend in the office. Yes. Oh, all right. <laughs> yes, we do. I know yes, we, yes. we joke about it, but we do, <laughs> don't. You do want to see your kids. However, judging by your Twitter and Flickr feed, you both seem to find time to mess around while there. Do you know, more and more, Mr. Bag is just, get a fucking life, will you? Cheer up. <laughs> I would say he twitters more than us, anyway. Um, how many hours a week do you actually do productive work? I'll, I'll split this up, yeah. So let's do that question first. How many hours a week do you do productive work? I don't know. I really don't know. As many as I can. I mean, I would say a lot. I go through phases, but it depends what you call productive. If that's actually sitting down and doing stuff. Mm. And it depends on... Especially with a job, you know, I had a four-day week last week because the Easter holidays, and three of those days were spent talking to people. It was productive, but at the end of the week I was panicking because I hadn't got... Yeah, there's a whole raft of reasons why you can't work a full day, and it's not to yeah. do with messing around. You know, all sorts of things like IT issues, meetings, yep. illness, all sorts of things. You'll never work an eight-hour day every, week, every day, every week. Um, but having said that, I think we're still very productive. And I think a two-second Twitter... Well, maybe not two seconds. Twitter also serves a double purpose for me because I work from home and my boss follows me on Twitter. It's very handy. He knows what mood I'm in, what I'm <laughs> yes, th- really <laughs> thinking about things. So. And I think he's referring to things like occasionally on Flickr, we'll have things, we have a whiteboard in the office. Yeah. And we we do stuff on it, like mind maps and mm-hmm. things. And, and it gets flickered. So. But now I, then. Again, you're talking about a very small portion of the week, aren't you? There was a chef I used to work with, a very good chef, and he, I used to spend a lot of time in the kitchen, and he used to say, it's not how long you spend here, 
Mm. It's what you do whilst you're here that counts. So it's yeah. not how long you spend doing something. It's the end, you know, if it takes you 20 minutes to knock out a logo and it's awesome, then mm-hmm. fine. Fuck around for the rest yeah. of the day. I think that's a really good, best way of summing it up. Because, yeah. I, th- I think when I first started freelancing, I spent a lot of time staring at the screen. Mm-hmm. Just because you don't feel guilty if you spend 18 hours at your computer. Yeah. Whereas you're better off spending six working really mm-hmm. hard. I think Ryan Carson will probably have a lot to say about this as well. Yeah. Because he does the four-day week. And they really do do the four. Yeah. I thought, oh, they do four days, they must work 15 hours a day, but they really no. do. They do four, eight, I think it's eight till six yeah. for four days, and that's it. Brilliant. Because um, the next question was, shouldn't you be working harder and be distracted less? Well, yes, when things can be distractions, and often I'll close down email and Twitter and yeah. RSS. So I don't get distractions because that is you, you can be very easily distracted by that. Yeah. Um, are you going to argue that getting distracted by fripperies is part of the creative process? Well, sometimes you just have to relax in order to be creative. So yeah. yes, I am yeah. going to argue that. I mean, distracted can be a problem. You know, it stops you getting into the flow. Detract, distracted can be a problem if you're trying to execute. But distracted can be really good if you're trying to come up with a solution to a problem. Yeah. Because it, you know, it's that whole, the only time you can fly is if you fall down and forget to hit the floor because you're distracted by something else. That's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. But it's a a balance. You don't, you you do need to let off steam. Mm -hmm. I made a big let off steam when we we found the casserole video on YouTube (laughs) because that was, it was one thing we all remembered the sketch and we thought, I wonder if YouTube's got it. And from then on, there was also that was it a quake, wasn't there an earthquake in Norfolk or something that oh, day? Oh, quake, yeah. And then we had our Quake-Aid casserole charity we were going to do. And it's... Are loads of creative things in themselves. Yeah. They, just, just stuff that makes you want to be in the office and work, yeah. basically. Um, goodbye. Goodbye. Anyone else going to say goodbye? Cheerio. No, goodbye, I said. (laughs) Goodbye. Thank you. John Dennis. See you next time. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Super twist. (laughs) The Rissenton Podcast is devised and hosted by John Oxton and John Hicks, with contributions from squadron leader John Dennis. The show is hosted and sponsored, and shit, by the splendid boffins at Segment Publishing. That's segpub.net for you internet chappies. Hurrah!